Hello by Travel Weekly. I'm your host, Managing Editor Rebecca Tobin. What does a young expat in Paris, a chain of White Lotus hotels, a wizard in England, a group of brunch-loving BFFs, and a certain Iron Throne all have in common? They're all part of monster hit movies and TV shows that have spawned wanderlust for travelers, a trend that appears to be accelerating, perhaps due to the sheer volume of travelers and the sheer volume of content available for streaming during the pandemic. In a previous episode, we met with travel advisors who plan the travel for on-location film and TV series. And in this episode, we're talking about the phenomenon of film tourism, where clients are inspired to travel by those shows to go to the locations, either just because they look gorgeous on screen or because they want to recreate, say, a scene from The Glass Onion, which was filmed in part at Amanzoe in Greece. A report from Future Market Insights estimates the film tourism sector at, in 2022 at more than $66 billion, and it expected that number to more than double in 10 years. Clearly, film tourism has struck a chord with travelers, which is why we covered this extensively in a recent cover story. Link below. So in this episode, our reporter, a professor, a travel advisor, and a host have assembled with a candlestick, a wrench, a night. oh, just kidding, with our microphones to talk over this trend. This episode was recorded Thursday, May 25th, and has been edited for length and clarity. Hi, everyone. I'm Nicole Lee Denado, Senior Editor of Tours and River Cruises for Travel Weekly. So my name's Simon Hudson. I'm a professor of tourism at the University of South Carolina. I specialize in tourism marketing and management, destination marketing management, and I've done quite a bit of research on this uh, phenomenon. Hi, I'm uh, Lily Zimplinski. I am uh, the owner of Passport Stamps Travel. I'm an affiliate of In the Know Experiences, and we focus on bespoke luxury travel for mainly leisure clients all around the world. We've been talking about this phenomenon for, what do you say, Nicole, a couple of months at least, or maybe at the beginning of the year, we started talking about this? Yeah, beginning of the year, because uh, White Lotus, I believe, ended in December, late December, I think, something like that. So we were, you know, talking about it, and we were getting all those emails about everybody's going to Sicily because of that show. Obviously, tourism for uh, movie and TV shows is not a brand new phenomenon. I mean, this goes back years and years and years. And Travel Weekly has covered this when Lord of the Rings was very popular and a lot of people were traveling to New Zealand. But Nicole was really keen to tackle it now. And I think White Lotus was a big driver of that. And then Nicole started using this term that was so catchy and really just moved the story forward. So Nicole, what what is this term? Well, the term is set jetting, and I cannot take credit for coining it, but um, it is a very popular term now used to describe the desire that people have to go travel, to go visit the destinations that have been featured in films and television shows, um, and especially very popular films uh, and television sh shows. So that's what set jetting is. So I think our first question is, why is this so popular with travelers right now? And I think maybe, Simon, you could talk a little bit about why we're, why, why now? Why this term, why now? 
Yeah, and, and like like you say, it, it's not a new phenomenon. We we we've been looking at this in the academic world for sort of 20, 25 years, and you know we often use the term film tourism or film induced tourism. Uh, uh, but when when I started looking at this, say twenty odd years ago, there hardly anybody had written any papers on it or research on it. Um, people didn't really believe it existed, and then it's suddenly, as you say, really grown. I think for for several reasons. I think first of all, the history of filmmaking. You know, when we look at how many people are exposed now to television and the movies uh it, it's incredible that you look at the movie jaws that came out in the 70s i think it was shown on um 30,000 screens worldwide and the last spider-man movie was seen in 86 countries on 300,000 screens and then they're streamed again on netflix and then people watch them over and over again uh, and so there's so much more exposure um we, we've also seen a rise in international travel so that of course would account for a lot of the uh the increase in in film induced tourism or, or jet setting um international travel has gone up apart from the pandemic four or five percent every year since the 1950s and i think related to that um consumer trends have changed you know i, I drove into uh, our local town here lagos in, in the algarve portugal the other day on it was sunday and as we came around the cliff the, the the beach which is normally packed with tourists was empty and i thought what's going on this is sunday it's a beautiful day but the town itself was really, really busy. Everybody's in the restaurants, at the attractions, at the museums. Um, people want something to do. They change. You know, they're looking for experiences as opposed to just hanging around in the sun uh, and getting a suntan. And I think the final reason we've seen a, a real growth in, in this set jetting is destinations themselves and the travel industry alongside the destinations have realized the potential of being placed you know, and I, and I call it branded entertainment or product placement, but they're placed in movies and TV shows. Uh, and it's a fantastic way to advertise what you have. And so destinations, you know, the, uh, the UK, particularly Hawaii, Malta, there's a USA, have capitalized on this by funding TV and movie shows to, to showcase what they have. And alongside that, companies are, are doing tours and, and have really capitalized on, on the growth. So I, I think there's several reasons for this growth. But as you say, it's really trending right now. Yeah, it's interesting kind of what Simon's saying, because he's been studying this for so long. And um, I've been kind of planning this for, you know, six plus years now. And it, it's, it's, I think the pandemic really shifted things. Um, I think, TV and movies were always, you know, a thing, but I feel like since the pandemic, they became a huge thing, right? It was, it was something that people really, they needed, right? They were in a, some people like needed it for like emotional support, right? It was a strange place people were in and they, I think watched a lot of shows and a lot of TV and TV's gotten really good now, right? It's, I, I would say there's more series out there than there are, like there are obviously a lot of movies, but I find myself, and I think a lot of people I'm friends with, my family, are very into series and the series nowadays are all filmed in these spectacular locations. And like Simon was saying, right. They they're shown all over the world to advertise their, their places, right. Hawaii to advertise them. That, and, and it really does. It, 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 it tracks such an influx of travelers to those areas because people become obsessed with it. And people will reach out to me being like, Hey, I've been watching um, white Lotus Emily in Paris, Succession, um, anything. And they're like dying to go to these places um, and to experience them. And so the influx of travel to those areas just becomes insane. And especially since COVID, now the international travel bug is so high that um, people are just 
dying to get out of here and do something different rather than just their normal, like Simon said, beach vacation. Before we go any further, I want to say that this something that Simon said really struck a, a chord with me because several years ago, we had friends who invited us to their uh, vacation home on Martha's Vineyard. And my husband was very keen. He wasn't that interested in going to Martha's Vineyard, but then he was like, wait, Jaws. that's where they filmed Jaws, right? So <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you wanted to go to Amity <laughs> Island. <laughs> bridge. So, the bridge. Yep. <laughs> so anyhow, so it is, it is, it is, is exactly what you say, Nicole, what is old is new again. This episode of the follow by travel weekly is sponsored by air France and KLM Royal Dutch airlines. Together, Air France and KLM will fly from 21 North American gateways this winter in partnership with Delta, including its newest gateway, Raleigh-Durham on Air France, beginning October 30th. Travel advisors should visit the new Business Solutions Trade Portal at afkl.biz to get everything they need and sign up to get the latest news delivered straight to their inbox. Have any of us set jetted before? Um, you know, whether intentionally or not, sometimes I'll, you know, I'm on these trips now. And um, I was just recently in Salzburg and um, on a river cruise. And um, so we went out to Salzburg and I've never seen the sound of music. And I'm, <laughs> I've never seen the sound of music. And I am like completely okay, missing Nicole. out. I, <laughs> I thought this and you know what the crazy thing is i just thought it was about some lady taking care of kids and and like this the hills are alive and like that's pretty much it but i didn't know it was like that has this dark all you know it's they're running away from the nazis and everything so you know we're in salzburg and they're pointing out you know not a lot of it was filmed in salzburg but there are some places that were inspired and all that stuff Another maybe like unintentional one for me was I was in Lake Como last year, you know, and they're doing the boat tour around the lake and all that stuff. And they point out, of course, all the fancy villas and George Clooney's place and the House of Gucci villa that they used in the movie. And we come upon Richard Branson's place. And I just remember it so clearly because of the color of the villa. It's like a very like mustardy yellow. And this year in succession, I think it was, was it in, I think it was like in last season when they were in Lake Como meeting Matson, it wasn't, they didn't show like a big thing, a big shot of the house, but I was like, I know those colors and that those hedges, like, (laughs) I think that that's Richard Branson's house, you know, and Reddit confirmed, but it's just funny, like, you know, how, you know, you can be in a place uh, and suddenly realize like, oh, this has been a place where, you know, this movie has been shot or something like that, you know? So how about you guys? I've been there um, as well in Lake Como and it's yeah. remarkable, right? It's it's outrageously beautiful. And even before Succession was filmed, I was obsessed with it. I was ah. like, I need to go here and see it. And <laughs> then I saw it in Succession and was like freaking out. Ah, and, the then a, and then there's another <laughs> villa there. I forget the, I forget the villa name um, where Star Wars was filmed. Yes. Um, yeah. That's the public one. I forget yes. the name of that one, too. But that's more of like that's like an actual public sort of like museum now. Yes. People can actually go there. But yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's a beautiful place. James Bond, all that stuff. Yeah. So. It's, yeah. it, it, it's it's pretty crazy. I think James Bond also did um, a lot of inspiring for people, right? Because like a lot of his destinations are European, these like 
where the car races are, right? People are like, oh, I have to go here and see this. And I want to rent this like amazing Maserati or like Porsche. And, and people like want that experience to like drive around the Amalfi Coast in this little sports car. And people will ask us for things like that. They don't want a Fiat. They they want they want that luxury experience with the convertible down and the luggage in the back. They want the whole thing. And it's it's no it's no accident that quite a lot of James Bond movies have been set in or scenes in the Bahamas because going back to what destinations have, have, have realized how wow this is huge for us and and so they'll say to the filmmaker hey come on out here we'll give you free accommodation and we'll give you you can go into the casino for a night we'll look after you it's uh yeah and they they work hand in hand with the film producers these days and so yeah James Bond's been in the Bahamas quite a lot. Yeah, yeah they, know, they know it will. Um, and, and back to your question, Nicole, about like set jetting, have, you, have I found myself um, doing those types of things? Like you said, I kind of found myself in Lake Como and, and was like, oh, I didn't realize all these things were filmed. But I'm actually going to South of France in September. A lot of the places I'm going are are from Emily in Paris. And the show is so aesthetically pleasing if you've watched it. It's beautiful. The fashion's beautiful. The scenery the settings, the locations are amazing. Um, and that has definitely sparked a lot of people asking me, like, where can I go to dinner or have lunch where they had lunch there? Like, where is that? That is outrageously beautiful. Simon, how about you? I know you've 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 had you've you've been to a few big locations where I have. And, yeah. and, and related to what you were talking about in Salzburg, uh, in fact, what you were doing there, we, we'd call you the, the serendipitous film tourist who just happens to be there and goes along. And that that, I believe, is still the most popular uh, film tourism or set jetting attraction in the world, I, I think, in Salzburg, The Sound of Music. But yeah, I've been on a few of these um, trips for, for research purposes, but um, Wellington, of course, Lord of the Rings on, on the tours there. And, you know, I talk about the different types of film tourists on those kind of trips. And I went to Breaking Bad, the Albuquerque, New Mexico trip tour. You really see, and Lily talked about obsession. You really see people who are obsessed. They dressing up. They know every word of the every TV show, every scene. They 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 they've got all the outfits on. They want the picture taken exactly where their favorite actor, whether it was Legolas in Lord of the Rings, was standing. And they'll spend hours, and they'll come all over the world and spend thousands and thousands of dollars just to be in this one scene or reenact the scene with their friends. It's quite incredible. Um, and Dubrovnik, Game of Thrones, of course, and, and Northern Ireland I've, I've been to as well, some of the sites there. One of the first um, uh, projects I did looking was Captain Corelli's Mandolin. You might be all too young to remember that. But I remember that. Hayden, uh, filmed on the island of Kefalonia, and that was an interesting one because that was at the time when, you know, everyone was saying, well, there's no real, how can we record this? How do we know if this is having an increase on tourism? And, you know, we showed that it really did have a, a rapid increase in international tourism. That that was interesting because it came from a book originally and a bit like Eat, Pray, Love. It was the book that started the tourism. And then when they made a film of the book, it, it created even more. And so Kefaloni is still popular because of that. Uh, and I've been to a few other places that have been filmed in you know, Morocco, Sex in the City and Game of Thrones as well. Uh, and Ustad down in Sweden, I went down there for um, a film tourism conference because they were trying to understand what was going on. They had thousands of visitors from Germany and the UK because of the series Wallander. And I don't know if that was a big TV series in um in uh in the us but but again going back to you know i think lily mentioned about some of these tv series and movies being a little bit dark you know that was that was full of murders and uh you know and there's there's a lot of you know breaking bad and yet, yet there you've got all these tourists yeah. dressed dressed up in their cooking suits <laughs> and their and, cooking you know, the hazmat oh suits God. 
That's <laughs> so funny. Nicole, yeah. didn't you just do a tour in New York of um with the uh Mrs. Maisel and and yeah. the and the tour director dressed Martin. up? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I just did a, a an on locations uh on location tours. Uh it was their Mrs. their marvelous Mrs. Maisel tour. Um and they do a lot of tours. They're based here in New York. They do Sex in the City. They now do like Law and Order SVU tours and stuff like that, rom-com tours in Central Park. But I just did a uh, marvelous Mrs. Maisel tour and obviously you know we know that show is very very popular it definitely has like huge cult following and everything and um you know the fun thing about this is that um you know our tour guide was dressed up to the nines like like midge but you know on locations uh you know they said that yeah i mean it's it's probably outside of sex in the city it's it's their their most popular um tour you know sex and city just is, is a huge staple for them but but mrs mazel is super huge for them and especially now as the season is coming to a close and everything but you know i'm there with everybody on the tour and um it's just like a small group of us maybe like 10 or 12 and um mostly women a couple of men i think some were husbands and um you know but they were all fans of the show i mean they could quote characters and um you know and it was great and and our tour guide you know some of the places where she took us you know she would do some some poses and like recreate stuff scenes from from the show so i mean i i get it like i get that energy of you know hey i want to go to this destination i saw it in my favorite show or this really great show that i've i've come to like and you know i want to be there and i want to walk in those footsteps and um you know, it just it kind of it it kind of goes goes really well with with the travel aspect and especially now coming out of the pandemic and just that dreaming um, aspect. People want to create a fantasy and they want to they want to live exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. So it's so it's interesting to see that and then and how that, you know, works with the destination and everything. Yeah. Um so 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 speaking of, you know, all of that, since since many of us have set jetted um, intentionally or not, Lily, maybe you can tell us, you know, what are some of the most in demand destinations that you're seeing as of late for for set jetters? Actually, yesterday I was at a lunch with a hotelier um, and they were saying that um, they're noticing most of the sales are down in the United States and, and they're everyone's traveling internationally, which is Interesting to have a hotelier bring that up to me because I see it firsthand. Um, all of my clients are going to Europe this summer. It is it was crazy last summer. We thought last summer was like this big boom after COVID, and now it's it, it's something I've never seen before. Um, it is so popular. Italy, t- to be exact, is is beyond popular, and and I honestly, Italy is all over. I feel like Instagram and and TikTok and and people are just loving media around it, right? Just like any sort of um, thing they can build from like photos and things. But then White Lotus really like set that off. Like it it, like took the like roof off the house. Um, And people, you know, you watched White Lotus be filmed at in Maui initially or originally, and then it was filmed um, in Sicily. And you you watch the hotel prices and just how much they've gone up. Um, And people are dying to go to the four seasons in Sicily. And they're like, I want to live this life. They like, what mm-hmm. Lotus does such a good job building this like sexy, beautiful, like everyone's chic environment. Like you want to be a part of it. Like you just, you want to be there. But the funny part is, is that White Lotus um, is filmed in like multiple locations within Sicily. So 
a lot of people are like, I want, I want to like hang on the beach there. I'm like, well, the Four Seasons actually doesn't have a beach. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Interesting. Right. So you have you know, to manage these. So that's a great question. Do you have to manage the expectations of yes. your clients who want to absolutely have like a, yep. Yes. A hundred percent. A lot of people are like, I need to do this. I'm like, there's actually, that doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I would say Europe is just off the charts. Um, mainly Italy is really over the top. Um, so much so that like people will come to us right now and be like, I want to go away in July to Italy. And we're like, I can't help you. And, you know, now that that White Lotus has announced that they're going to um, do Thailand, all of us in the travel industry are just like, <laughs> preparing for how insane it's going to get after Thailand is released. So it'll be exciting and it'll be a shift um, to more of like an Asian experience, which will be very cool. And I don't think we, we don't know, we don't know yet where, where that's going to be happening. Right. No, it's not announced. It's either Chiang Mai, Bangkok, or um, I think they said Phuket. I I, I don't know what they said. Um, I have a feeling they're going to do something different, like Bangkok, like a city, Mm -hmm. because they've done like kind of these, resorty experience yeah yeah i don't know i don't care where they choose it because i've been to thailand and it's beautiful so i'm just so excited about it (laughs) yeah what does maybe like the preparation look like i mean you know you got you've been doing this for years you're doing travel everywhere um so you kind of already have a heads up okay white lotus the show that's been moving so much traffic to these destinations now you know it's going to be in thailand don't know where yet but you know, you probably have like a good idea of some of the hotspot areas, but is there any sort of way that you prepare that travel advisors prepare for a sort of a tip like that in, in preparation for an influx of demand? Yeah, I would say, you know, we know it's going to be filmed at a four seasons, right? And so there's a few different ones within Thailand they're going to go to. Okay. Um, so I think we prep by learning about the four seasons and making sure like we know kind of like what and what they entail, um, like how many rooms they have, like what's the layout type of experience. A big thing with Thailand too is like rainy seasons. Like you have to understand when the rainy seasons and the monsoons come because a lot of people will come to us being like, we want to go to um, the Maldives during X time. And we're like, that that's actually the rainy season. Like you can't go, um, well you can, but it might be a complete washout where um, I think that's something you have to be very prepared for um, to have those types of conversations like where, cause like, Thailand's interesting where, you know, east and west sides can be rainy seasons versus not. So like you have to just kind of know the different areas um, and be able to have those conversations when people just come, people are going to come flying off the shelves for this one. So yeah, we got to get prepared for it. This episode of The Follow was sponsored by Air France and KLM Royal Dutch Airlines. Air France and KLM continue to invest in the customer experience with latest generation cabins and renewed lounges. Both airlines are introducing business class suites with sliding privacy doors and tech comforts like wireless charging. And KLM's awarded premium comfort class continues to roll out on its 777 fleet. More info is available for advisors at afkl.biz. And Simon, let me just bounce over to you. I mean, what are some of like some of the impacts like, you know, from some of the shows that have been out there, you know, recently? So there's White Lotus, there's Yellowstone, you know, for the sort of backcountry type thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I've always it seems to be all sorts of shows, uh, movies. Um, I, there hasn't been a lot of research on that, you know, that a specific type that attracts 
travelers more than others. Like we, we mentioned earlier, sometimes it's the dark sort of, you know, in Bruges had a huge impact for, for Belgium. And yet, you know, it was, it was again, murders and drugs and dark and morbid. And, um, and, and, and there's cartoons that kind of, you know, Frozen had a huge impact on tourism in Norway. And, and so it's not all, it, it's, it's hard to identify what particular type of show, you know, I've always sort of thought sometimes people like a journey, you know, when someone's making, um, what was it, Walter Mitty in Iceland, he was on a journey. And so people want to re retrace those routes or a journey across the States or the motorcycle diaries, which was a, a journey across South America. And that was huge for tourism. So maybe that getting from A to B, people like to replicate or see part of that. Um, but certainly the impacts generally uh, you know, we're starting to see some of the data in the UK, for example, it's nearly, you know, it's, eight, it's $900 million a year that comes into the country just from film related tourism, people coming to the Harry Potter attractions and museums, etc. Uh, and in fact, I was just in England talking about the types of programs that are attracting another kind of a dark series, Peaky Blinders. Right. And Peaky Blinders is having a big impact on tourism in in Midlands. And, you know, that's what this phenomenon can do. It can put a place on the map. You know, the, the, the Midlands and Birmingham wasn't really a, a tourism destination until Peaky Blinders came along. Uh, and again, even though it wasn't filmed there, and that's where you have to manage the expectations, uh, it was filmed in Liverpool and Manchester. People still want to visit uh, where it was supposed to be. And they'll probably visit. And that's what happens with the, with, with the set jetters. They want to visit where it was filmed as well. Uh, but so there probably people will come from the states, as you say, a lot of a lot of uh, Americans in Portugal right now. But they'll come over and they'll visit Birmingham as well as Liverpool and Manchester. So it spreads people around. Um, the impacts are huge, and and you know countries destinations are rebranding themselves on on movies. You know, Game of Northern Ireland have pretty much rebranded their whole uh, country on Game of Thrones. And New Zealand did it with, you know, they were home of the Middle Earth for many, many years. Um, and it's not just the tourism impact, because longer term, you know, not only you're on the map from a destination point of view, you'll become known as film friendly. All the film producers see you on the screen and say, hey, that looks an amazing place to film. Let's have a look into that to find out they've got amazing tax incentives because they're encouraging you to come and film. And so you then build up a reputation as a film friendly location and you've got even more economic impact from filmmaking. So it, it, it's it's a win win. But but the, the, the film industry and tourism industry have to work together. And that's what hasn't always happened in the past, but it's happening more and more right now. Yeah. But there can also be a downside to this. I think sometimes when we talk about these massive influxes of people, then then the word over tourism comes out. Is that is that something that's a problem? It is. And, it, and it's kind of ironic because just before the pandemic, I was on um, uh, I was teaching on a on semester at sea. It's a floating university. And, and my, my subject topic was over tourism at the time. Just I'm before on the semester pandemic. At I, have you been on it? Yes. Oh, cool. Well, I'm going again this year, and uh, and I, one of my highlights is I'm going to go to Jordan to to Petra to see the, the Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. I, I was going to mention that before. I was like, I really, I've I've wanted to go to Petra because I'm like, I yeah. saw it in the Last Crusades, and the Last Crusades is like my favorite. Me Indiana too. Jones. Well, since Lawrence of Arabia, again showing my age, but Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, I love we, Lawrence we, of Arabia. We were on the ship and we were we were coming towards Dubrovnik, and I and I set up a whole course around you know the over tourism and how much 
uh, you know, that they, they, were, they were overrun with tourists, mainly because of Game of Thrones tourism uh, and not always the type of tourists they want. And I can come back to that a bit later. But um, so the mayor was actually limiting the number of cruise ships that could come in, the number of coaches that come into the city to try and manage the, you know, they were just they just could really couldn't cope. And so, yeah, there can be a downside. But I think it's there can be a downside to tourism in general. I don't think it's 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 set jetters that are causing over tourism. And I think, you know, we have moved, destinations have moved in the last decade towards managing tourism as opposed to just marketing and say, yeah, come on in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we are becoming wiser. Uh, and and you do, you were talking about planning there with Lily. We're seeing destinations now planning. I remember when Walk in the Woods came out with Robert Redford and Nick Nolte. Uh, they knew that it would have an impact on tourism. So they actually created more paths along the Appalachian Trail so that they could spread out the tourists. So they weren't all in one place uh, and, and not having the best experience. So, yes, it can be a problem. But I think if it's well managed, it doesn't have to be. Let's dive a little bit more into, you know, um, some of sometimes the backlash and um, that that set jetting can have and how it might even just be mixed up with the over tourism conversation, responsible tourism conversation overall. Uh, yeah, I'll comment on the first. Like I mentioned, in, in Dubrovnik, there were problems with people reenacting scenes. And one of them was was I think it's Cersei who who is, who is the walk of shame. She has to walk through the, the city, the old town naked. And yes, guess what the tourists were doing? And of course, the residents and the locals and even other tourists were saying, well, this is not really what we wanted when we came on our vacation. And so, again, you have to manage expectations and educate people what's appropriate, what's not, not appropriate. And I th- and again, you know, I, I remember the example years ago with um, Doon Castle, which is in Scotland, which was overrun with Monty Python fans from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And again, perhaps not behaving exactly as as, as they, they want in a heritage building. Uh, so they started managing that and said, no, we're not opening every day, but we're going to have a yearly event, an annual Monty Python event where we'll have we'll sell 5,000 tickets. So the impact is much more confined and controlled. Um, and, and, and that was a scene, actually, it was uh, Winterfell as well in Game of Thrones. But so so there are ways of managing this um, uh, and, and educating tourists and educating the residents as well before it happens. Um, you know, this this is what people are coming to see. You may be surprised, but it's it's this is what is. Um, and you know, and I haven't seen too many. You know, there is the called a classic example of the Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio film, The Beach. Uh, where there were just so many tourists and it was overrun and it wasn't uh, the beach was ruined and they had to close it. It's only just reopened. But again, I think we're learning from our mistakes and I think we're managing that that kind of tourism in a, in a much more sustainable fashion. And um, so as I say, I, I think I think moving on, I, I don't think we need to be too concerned about the negative impacts. Definitely. Right. So so um, what is on everybody's set jet wish list right now. Were you curious to go or dying to go see abroad um, based based on a movie or TV show? I am just dying to go everywhere right now. I feel like (laughs) post COVID, uh, you know, I have two little kids too, like during COVID that I'm just like ready to go. Um, You know, I'm heading to Mallorca in two weeks. I'm so excited about that. That has nothing to do with the the set jetting, really. Um, But um, I will be heading to the south of France. It's not because of Emily in Paris, but... um, But it is, but it is. It kind of (laughs) is. Um, I also was inspired by, like, a bunch of weddings that happened there from celebrities. And I was like, oh, I have to go see this. Mm. Um, But I'm definitely inspired for... um, I'm already inspired for Thailand um, when it comes to White Lotus for the future. I think it's something that is 
is going to really just, you know, Europe's amazing, but Asia has this like amazing culture that I think people are just going to be like, wow, I got to go live this way. Um, and then after watching Succession, um, if you guys watched this past season, the they Norway. had a property in, um, I think it was Norway. Norway, uh, yeah, I want to go there. <laughs> everyone now is like, texting me being like, how do I go to this hotel? It looks amazing. I need to get here. Um, and it does, it looks, it looks fantastic. So I think that's going to just like, you know, be crazy. Yeah. Simon. Yeah. Three, three places for me. What the first, again, showing my age, but it just shows how enduring this, this is, is, uh, Kenya because of out of Africa. I remember seeing that film, you know, 1985 or whatever it was. And the music, just every time I hear that music, I want to be in Kenya. The other one was Sideways, when well, I saw, again, an old film, but I'd love to do it's the wine. It's not that old. Santa Barbara. <laughs> well, it just, it just appealed to me that, that I'd love to do, retrace the routes through the, through the wine country. And the other one was, uh, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm going to Jordan this, this year on Semester at Sea, and, I, and I've always been fascinated by Petra. And so many movies have been made there, uh, you know, Lawrence of Arabia and Indiana Jones and so many others uh so I'm, I'm really looking forward to going there and i guess i'll just add that i would love to go it's um i love the da vinci code movies and um i think in the last one inferno they go to this place in turkey i think in istanbul and it's like this underground concert hall and it's but it, it's like um there's like water everywhere and it's basically like a like a floating concert hall i, I would love to go see that one day we could continue talking about movies, TV shows, and travel for a long time, but we are going to have to say, "Auf Wiedersehen." And Nicole, you need yeah. to. <laughs> I was just going to say something like that, like "Auf Wiedersehen," goodbye, <laughs> goodbye. Do you know all the songs? You just need to see the movie. Yeah. All I right. Know, well, I feel like I could talk to Simon now for hours about semester at sea and just like yeah. that really changed my whole life. So. Yeah, I love good. that you brought us together. Well, we 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 actually this is not a this is not an unusual thing on the follow, which is one really cool bonus aspect of our podcast. But thank you, Lily. Thank you, Simon, and thank you, Nicole. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, we will look forward to seeing you guys out there in a yacht somewhere. Off <laughs> of <it. laughs> well, one, one can only hope. <laughs> thank you very Thanks much. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks okay. very much. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and rate and review us. New episodes of The Follow by Travel Weekly are published on Mondays. We'll see you soon. In the meantime, you can find us at travelweekly.com. Mm-hmm.